All right, everyone, welcome back to our latest episode of People Talk. Today, I'm really excited. We've got Noel Paul on the show. He is the founder, president, CEO of Tiger Careers and Consulting. You can check him out, tigercareers.biz. Noel, welcome to the show. Well, thanks very much for having me, Ryan. Look uh, forward to uh, having this conversation. So to go ahead and get us started here, where is home originally for you and where do you live now? Well, I was uh, born in Pakistan, but then moved to the United States when I was six years old and uh, moved to Indianapolis, Indiana, where I grew up, went to school, and I'm actually in uh, the northern suburbs of Indianapolis uh, now. Very nice. Staying in Indy. And yeah. Where did you go to school in Indy and what did you study? Yeah, so my two degrees are both from Purdue University. I did my undergraduate degree in civil engineering, so got a bachelor's in that, and then a few years later, I was able to come back to Purdue and do my MBA there as well. Nice. So when you got out of school with a civil engineering degree, what was your first job right out of school? I was hired by a pharmaceutical company called Eli Lilly and Company, now referred to as Lilly. And I was a facilities engineer for them and then had a great 28-year experience career with them, retired from them in 2017 and had a great experience in terms of experiences in HR, in, uh, in corporate social responsibility as well, was my last assignment in uh, Elanco Animal Health, which was our animal health division, and I did some engineering work as well, but had a really, really great uh, career of learning and some really unique growing experiences. So again, as we don't get a lot of engineers on the show, we start off with that background and then have gotten this taste of you know, HR and recruiting. So we'd love to hear a little bit about what that transition was like. You know, how did, how did that happen? How did you switch um, focuses and, and start doing that type of work? Yeah, when I was even interviewing for companies coming out of Purdue, I was looking for firms that didn't have engineers do only engineering. And uh, so Lilly was a good representation of that. And then after about five years of engineering work, I expressed to my supervisor that I'd love to do something in the business area. And a project management role came in into the HR team where prior HR experience wasn't required, but they did want someone to have project management experience. And my supervisor was supportive of me being considered for the role. So I got the one-year temp assignment. It turned into a two-year assignment, which turned into 19 years of HR. And then during that time, I was sponsored to do my MBA as well in international general management. And so did a lot of work with the international scope within my HR career, as well as in the future in my corporate social responsibility career as well. So it was a a great transition that I still look fondly upon. That's, that's awesome to hear. And, and tell us about, again, this became the second transition in there, um, jumping into the more kind of CSR role. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, so it was really a, a unique opportunity that I kind of stumbled upon when I was kind of looking for some different HR opportunities. This CSR opportunity was mentioned by one of our HR leaders and said, hey, you know, you might be interested in this. And uh, it leveraged a lot of my skills in terms of working globally, engaging employees from different cultures. And so the opportunity to go into a corporate social responsibility role in the animal health industry coming from the human health side was really kind of a unique opportunity to take the same skill set, what I call content, but apply that to a different context. And so I think uh, some of the experiences that I had, again, kind of like engineering allowed me to use project management in an HR function you know, leading and engaging global employees allowed me to transition from HR to corporate social responsibility. Very cool. Very cool. And what, what was like your favorite project you ever worked on when you were, when you were in there? 
Well, I have to say it was, uh, you know, we were able to work with uh, subsistence farmers. This was in the Elanco Animal Health CSR role. We were able to support subsistence farmers in Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania for what we called a shared value initiative, where it was doing social good and creating an expanded business area as well. So we were able to take some of our dairy products and poultry products that we were uh, helping farmers that were primarily subsistence farmers in Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania. They were having one meal a day. They couldn't afford to send their kids to school. And hopefully with improved farming practices, they were able to produce more milk or you know, generate more income for their families where they can send their kids to school as well as then also uh, create additional revenue and you know, have their families eat more than one meal a day. So that was very, very fulfilling. That's, a, that's an awesome project to talk about. And thanks for sharing that. Um, so what are you doing these days? What's, what's your current role? And tell us a little bit about Tiger Careers. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I had the, uh, the, the opportunity to take an early retirement pr- package from Lily slash Alenco in end of December 2017. And, you know, kind of coaching and consulting had kind of been in, in my lifeblood for a long time. And uh, so I decided to spin off and start my own venture with tigercareers.biz. And uh, really, it's been a, a great opportunity to coach students as well as coach working professionals on their career development stuff, but then also get involved in consulting engagements that are around business strategy, market expansion, and other you know, CSR-related initiatives as well. So it's been very, very a great opportunity. Also, I've been getting involved in a, in a health technology startup to leverage some of my previous pharma experience. So it's been great. I've, I feel like I'm busier now than I was when I was working full-time. <laughs> well, that sounds exciting here. Well, the, you know, uh, you've just got such a, an impressive background, a lot of different types of roles, a lot of different types of situations. When I asked you, you know, before the show, what, what would you like to talk about? You were really jazzed up about talking about servant leadership, which is a subject that I love to talk about as well. And I would just love for maybe for the folks who are listening who haven't heard of this or maybe don't have a good idea of what servant leadership is, could you just give us a kind of a 50,000 foot intro to what that is? Sure. So maybe some background on why I'm passionate about it. You know, I had the opportunity to participate even as a junior in high school, uh, which goes way back in the day, to be part of a program called Project Leadership Service. And it was based on the principles of servant leadership. And 55 high school uh, students were selected in the city of Indianapolis to participate in this leadership program. And it was uh, based on the principle of servant leadership, which was a book written by Robert Greenleaf that really identified 10 key principles of servant leadership. I didn't realize how transformative that experience was going to be for my life until years into my professional career. It's part of, I think, what got me into HR. It's part of what got me into CSR was this whole concept of servant leadership. And servant leadership is really uh, principled on 10 key principles. So around, you know, concern, foresight, stewardship, communicating with people, building a sense of community, helping people grow. Uh, listening, empathy, healing, uh, building awareness and persuasion. So there are a lot of principles that really kind of are built around servant leadership. But at a 50,000 foot level, what I would kind of, the way I would describe it, this is my personal description, is it's really a way to lead. There are a lot of different ways to lead. And when you lead through servant leadership, I think the four key principles that I really kind of gravitate to after being involved in this for so many years is listening and empathy, Mm -hmm. 
helping people grow and building a sense of community. I think you know, of the 10 principles, those are the highlights for me that really resonate in how do I believe leadership is best suited for me and how do I believe that you know, an effective leader should have some of these characteristics using servant leadership principles. Does that help, Ryan? Yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a perfect intro. And yeah, those, those 10 principles, like they, they kind of, the, the book dives a lot into each one, much more than we could do in the, in the, in the course of this podcast. But for anyone who's, who's interested, Robert Greenleaf wrote, a, wrote the book on servant leadership. It's a great read if you want to check it out. But, you know, no, I'd be curious, how, how has it changed? You know, obviously you, you were first exposed to this in a high school setting through this program and it became more relevant as you developed your career. Right. What, what made it more relevant and, and was it talked about? Like, was this something that you saw other peers doing and you were like, Oh, I remember that. Like how did, how did it get kind of brought into focus for you? Like, yeah, honestly, I would have to say it wasn't, if I use the phrase overt and covert, it was probably more covert. I didn't know it was happening to me, but it was happening to me. So, you know, one of the things we did during the high school program is we were mentors for inner city at-risk youth fifth graders, right? And then I stayed involved as a college student and I became the coach for the high school participants. And then when I graduated college and I was working, I joined the board of this program. And so again, I had a lot of exposure to this, you know, not knowing how formative it was. And then I think it wasn't really taught as a formal leadership style in the corporate settings that I was participating in. But I started to realize that these are the principles that kind of I believe. So then I started to reread some of these things years later. And I think Simon Sinek also has some materials around, you know, your organizational purpose and your organizational why. And connecting with that and some of the materials that he highlights and the philosophies that he highlights kind of brought me back to, you know, what is my organizational why within the companies I was working with, but also what's my personal why and what's my uh, formative experiences that have really shaped me? What do I stand for? And that's what really helped me actually later in my career to really anchor around servant leadership principles. I didn't realize that that's how I was operating but it became clearer to me that that really represented my leadership style. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And in, in what ways do you think that anchoring helped you when you were, you know, probably, you know, more so perhaps in the CSR role? How, how do you feel like that helped you do your job well? Yeah, I think once I had that own kind of self-awareness of, you know, this is my leadership style, then I started to be much more conscious or much more overt in using some of the principles. So for example, listening and empathy, right? When you start to think about how do you engage employees, which was part of my role in the CSR function, is you know, I had to really listen to what do employees feel really connects with their heads, with their hearts, with their minds, and, and have empathy for how different people connect to each other and have empathy for what they might be going through. And when we're trying to engage global employees, those two characteristics of listening and empathy are almost crucial because how someone in Asia or Latin America <coughs> or Europe or the Middle East might <coughs> connect to a cause or who they feel is responsible for social programs, those are all different lenses that they're 
been raised in. And so that helped me to be more of a, a servant leader because to engage global employees, you have to be able to listen and have empathy for how they were raised and how their values have shaped who they are and what they believe and how they think and operate. And I think in terms of, you know, the other two things that I mentioned uh, around building community and helping other people grow, I think on the building community side, again, it was how do you establish a sense of community so that every employee around the world feels like they belong to that organization or they feel passionate about a certain cause and they can express that. And then in terms of seeing people grow, I mean, this has been something that I've done for a long time around coaching. I was coaching people at work. I would coach my nephews and nieces and cousins, and I would have career discussions with people I never met because a friend said, oh, this person needs help. And I remember having three coaching calls with, a, with an individual, and I never met her. But I helped her with three phone calls on the drive home in a three-week period, and it was just something that I enjoyed doing. So I don't know if that brings to life what you're talking about there, Ryan. Well, if that doesn't, I think this will. You know, just I'm on your LinkedIn page right now. I just wanted to read something that kind of had jumped out to me earlier. This is what you mentioned about your work at Elenco uh, and your CSR role. He says, I have the pleasure and honor of leading our company's hunger efforts. Seriously, I get paid to do this stuff. It's easy to be passionate about this role, which involves developing a strategy aligning senior leadership, as well as 3,000 plus global employees of Elenco along with multiple external partners to execute this strategy, ultimately to end hunger and contribute to a more food secure world. That to me, I think hits it, you know, right kind of at its core that you had listened, I think, to a lot of the, the groups, the strengths of what you all are doing. And you can tell that you're obviously very passionate about this work uh, that you're doing, even though that was a few years ago um, and just how you're speaking about it. You know, a lot of HR leaders and I imagine CSR leaders might be questioning how do we engage our workforce with that company mission? I'd be curious if you had any you know, insights or comments on how companies can or how HR and CSR leaders can engage their employees and, and bring them into that vision. Yeah, I mean, I, I think from a macro standpoint, there is a lot of energy around employee engagement and how important that is. And that's been demonstrated through research it's demonstrated through the amounts of effort that are being put in by corporate uh, HR teams and leadership teams around making sure they've got an engaged workforce. I think in terms of how servant leadership principles can help that, I think it's twofold. One is I think it has to align with the company culture and the company values, whether that's a company of five employees in a startup or whether it's you know, 40,000 employees in a, in a global firm. The, the principles of servant leadership have to fit like a hand to glove within that culture. Uh, because if you try to put something in and put a round peg in a square hole, it's just not going to work. So I think HR leaders, CSR leaders should get familiar with the principles of servant leadership and see if and how it would fit into their corporate culture and their company values. The, the second thing I would say is if the answer to that first part is yes, then <clears throat> There are two ways to, to execute that. One is within the leadership group, and one is with the broad employee group. And I think if you think about the concept of listening and empathy and helping people grow and building a sense of community, those four principles that I kind of personally anchor to, those are exactly the kinds of things that leaders 
should be doing, want to be doing, and that organizations want their leaders to do. So how do you start to build that skill set of listening, empathy, building community, and, and being committed to seeing people grow within the leadership team? And then how do you also create that uh, skill set and those values and those beliefs within the broader employee population? Because then what happens is the entire organization is operating on those principles of servant leadership. And then suddenly everyone finds themselves to be a leader, whether they're supervising or managing people or not, everyone can be leading in their own way and in their own responsibilities. Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, to go ahead and wrap us up here, because we're almost out of time. I wish this could go on forever. I love talking with you about this, but we, we got to be respectful of our time here. So could you go and let us know what's life like outside of work? You've done so many different things. You're involved in more projects. It sounds like post-retirement than you were before, but what do you, what do, you do outside of uh, the day job? Well, so as I mentioned to you, you know, I've really kind of had this bug of international cultures and stuff like that for a long time. So anytime I can pack up the bag and travel to a new place, whether it's within the U.S. or even more excitingly outside the U.S., I'd love to do it. And uh, so my wife and I love to travel. My daughters have the travel bug. So that's kind of a one thing. I'm a big fan of food and wine. So anytime we can sit down and and have a great meal and have a nice glass of uh, wine, then that's always a, a great fun time as well. And then, and then lastly, I, I enjoy sports. And so I, I watch sports, you know, quite a bit on television. Uh, I enjoy music a lot as well, especially from different cultures. So yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm fully engaged uh, on the personal side as I am on the professional side, Ryan. <laughs> you don't like to take a break. It sounds like, it's, uh, except maybe to drink a nice glass of wine. Yes. Uh, Oh, some good cheese there, but that sounds that sounds great. Well, Noel, to last question here: If you were to roll the clocks back to your twenty-year-old self, uh, about to take that civil uh, or that engineering job, really, what advice would you give you know twenty-year-old Noel? Wow, I, it's a good question. I think reflect on you know who are you and what do you stand for. I didn't realize you know what my principles were until much later that I said, okay, this is who I am, and this is what I stand for, this is my personal why, and look back and saying, what has shaped you to get to where you are at 20, and what do you really stand for at age 20, what do you stand for at age 30, because those are gonna evolve, but I think a little bit more reflective, as well as being clear on, you know, what do you really stand for? Yeah, that's great. Well, Noel, thanks so much for being on the show. Everyone, Noel is the founder, president, and CEO at tigercareers.biz. He's had an amazing career at Lillian Company and both CSR roles, HR roles, and when he got his start, engineering roles. This is a guy who's had a lot of different experiences and can speak on the value of developing yourself as a servant leader. Noel, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thanks for the opportunity, Ryan.